0: The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio is speaking. Uh, we've been looking at this story in Genesis, uh, kind of based out of Hebrews. And, and Hebrews has this, this chapter that talks about the faith of these, of these ancients, of these pillars of the faith. And the writer of Hebrews is, is calling attention to these particular characters saying, Hey, listen, I know things are difficult now. But look at these characters. Look at what got them through. And one of the characters is is this person of Abraham, known often for many of us as Father Abraham, the father of the nation, one of our our patriarchs. And And it calls back to his time and his journey of God calling him out uh, of really his very ordinary life. And we've looked at that the past couple of weeks. Abraham was a, uh, was a pagan Gentile. His parents worshipped idols. He was nothing, he was nothing particularly special. Uh, he didn't have training. He wasn't through seminary. He wasn't a rabbi. He was just a guy. And God called him and said, I'm going to make a great nation out of you and begin to pick up the story of Abraham and his journey and these different points along the way where sometimes he's doing well and sometimes he's not. And I think there's obviously a lot for us to learn from that story, this story. Uh, so a few weeks ago, uh, I think we were up in uh, Yosemite. I think it was about a few weeks ago up in Yosemite. And uh, I shared some of that a few weeks ago, just beautiful right now this time of year. But uh, one particular incident that happened during that day is we're, we're hiking these trails. And if you've been up to the Mist Trail, Nevada Trail, and up to the fall and uh, we got up there, and we kind of were coming back down, and, and we were working our way back kind of the long way, then the John Muir Trail, the long way around the falls, and uh, we start that way, and I've done that before, it's not my favorite, I think it's a little bit unpleasant, but it was easier for the kids, we got, we're on this trail, and it's hot, and it's getting, it's about midday, and, and we're kind of stopping at a few places along the way with the kids, and the other family, and we're taking pictures, and And one particular kind of rest stop, we see this woman come down with her two teenage boys. And she just looks really disheveled. And the boys look really grumpy. And uh, they're hot. And they didn't look like they had at least a lot of water that I can see. And, And I always say, hey, so what's going on? You guys okay? And she's like, I think we're lost. And I was like, okay, you know, and, and we're not way deep in the wilderness. Like we're we're within the realm of the park, and I was like it's gonna be okay. And so, like, where are you trying to get to? And she's like, we're just trying to get back back down. I was like, okay, I know I know the way. You go up, you go up this trail, and kind of swing right. She said, we went all the way up there. We didn't see anything. We thought we were going the wrong way. We didn't see any signs, and we just we didn't know. So I came back. So we came back down, and, and I said, well, listen, we're going that way. Do you want to follow us? She said, yes, we'd love to follow you. You know, and. And uh, we start going up the way, and and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of options. So we're kind of going up the trail, and we would stop for a rest, and, and she would stop for a rest. So, you know, a little a few clicks behind us maybe, and we'd go up, and then we'd stop, and she'd stop, and and her boys being teenagers, I could just tell they're uncomfortable with the whole thing, and mom's doing her best, and. And we get all the way up this kind of windy part of the trail, and it, and it, and it gets, there's, there's, there's a good stretch where you don't see any signs, right? There really is. And I, and I told a woman at some point, I hey, I get it. Like, I've, I've done this before. I've thought the same thing as you. I think I must be lost. You must be going the wrong way. But just, we'll just keep going the course, keep going the course. And eventually, after a while, feeling like I'm going nowhere, I'm going in the total wrong direction, you see a little sign that points a diff- couple different ways, one back down to the valley floor. And I said, oh, there's the sign up there. You're, go- you're good now. She's like, are you sure? It's all I have to do? I'm like, yeah, just follow that, all, you know, all the way down, and, and she was super bummed when she saw this sign. She's like, I was almost here. She's like, I think we were almost here. We had gotten about to this point, and I turned us back down, and all the way back down these, these switchbacks. And there's a principle in that for us in this sort of journey of our life and and, and by way of direction and looking for clarity of path and journey and our story and where we're we're meant to be going that we see in Abraham's life as God set him on a course, we'll see him often take off on these other directions. And he kind of has to get back to a point where he saw a sign, where he goes back, where's the last sign? And for this woman, if she would have just kept going a little further further along, she would have seen this and it would have sort of worked, it would have worked itself out. But she didn't know she felt lost, right? And so a principle for us in this this story, and we'll see for Abraham, is you should always kind of go in the last direction God gave you. So there was a direction up this trail for this woman. Just keep going that way. It will work out. Trust trust the story. Trust the signs. But she kind of panicked, and, and, and she actually did the right thing. If you get lost in those moments, you can't remember the last direction you were given, go back to the last time you knew the path was clear. Go back to that point where you heard God, where you heard something clear, where you knew where you were supposed to be. And so Abraham will pick up in Genesis 13. So Abraham went up. You can throw the map on, Alex. Actually, I'll leave that up. That's, that's great. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Genesis 13. So Abraham went up from Egypt to Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, he went to a place, from place to place until he came to Bethel, to a place between Bethel and Ha'ai, Ha'ai where, he, his, where, excuse me, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar, there Abram called on the name of the Lord. So if you're with us last week, and if not, I'll catch you up. Abraham had, had been called out on this journey, and he, he had found a couple places, and he's, he's going between different lands. He's pitching his tents, and, and God said, hey, this is the land I'm going to give to your descendants. You're just not going to get it now. And so he's kind of cruising around a little bit, trying to find his way. And there's famine in the land, so, so he goes down to Egypt, and he does a really sketchy thing in Egypt. He basically basically sells out his wife to the Pharaoh and uh, Pharaoh finds out and it's kind of a mess and it shows a little bit of Abraham's character He, he sort of did a very very dark devious move turning on his own wife but he got very wealthy out of the deal uh, from the Pharaoh, and he decided to even keep the money. So he moves on from Egypt. So that's where we pick up. He's coming out of Egypt up to, up to the Negev, and he has Lot and his wife and everything with him. And he's become very wealthy in livestock and silver and gold. So he took what he, he put, pulled out of Pharaoh from trading in his wife that he's now got back. He's taken that, and he's, he seems to have multiplied that. He's been very wealthy in, in, in livestock. He went up to Negev. He's gone back to this place where he started from. He's ended up in a kind of a weird place in Egypt. He got himself in some trouble there with, with God and with, with, with his calling. And he said, I got to go back to this place where at least I knew, I knew where it was then. That was the sign at that point. If I can just get back there, maybe I can appeal to God. And maybe he'll, maybe he'll take me back and set me on the right way. But I think what's interesting here in this, there's a little kind of kind of nugget in here. From then the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel. And so there's some moving around. This place to place in the Hebrew is Masah, and it's pulling up stakes. So there's this imagery of him really unsettled in this period of time. He's pitching his tent. He's setting up home. It's not working. And he picks it up, and he moves again. From place to place, he journeys on. He Masahs. He's pulling up his stakes. He's pulling up his stakes. And it's not because he didn't have stuff. He was wealthy. He's loaded with gear. He's got livestock. He's got people. He's got riches, but he's unsettled. Man, how often do we find ourselves in that place? Man, I have everything I I I, sh- I need. I have all that I kind of ever maybe hoped for. But man, I'm unsettled. And he's pulling up his stakes, going from place to place to place. And we don't know how long this goes on for. The writer doesn't give us that information. But it was enough time to at least uh, at least tell us he was on a little bit of a restless journey in this time. Even coming out of Egypt, even coming out of a time where you where you think the light should have went on. Like, dude, you are in a dark place. You got to get back to the altar. There seems to be this little intermittent period from place to place. He's pulling up stakes, unsettled, even with all his wealth, even with all his wealth, even even with all that he's acquired for himself, he's still restless and he's essentially homeless here. And author kind of makes this point to sort of give us this, this this another another shadowing of sort of Abraham as a character again. Abraham, the founder of Israel, founder of, the, of our really our nation, this, this pillar of faith, this amazing guy. He's, he's kind of restless, and he's almost maybe procrastinating, getting back to where he needs to be. But eventually, he finds himself at this altar, at this altar where he started out between Bethel and, and, and Ha'ai. And we talked about last week, the, the meaning of these cities is really interesting. So, so he pitched his tent between these cities. He didn't really have one to call his own. But Bethel means house of God or house of praise in, in the Hebrew. It's, 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 a, it's a kind of a, a really beautiful name. It speaks highly of that city and that, and that place. But Ha'ai is place of ruin. It's a, it's a dark place. It's a place that had, um, had, had a lot of sin involved with it, and, and, and God would actually give over to Israel later on in this story. And, and, and Abraham is hanging out between these places. And this is, where, this is where he begins to restart. And it's actually a great imagery for, for many of us. We mentioned last week. Between the place of God, between this house of God, which is like amazing, you're like, whoa, house of God, amazing, I'm doing so good with my life. And then there's, like, the place of ruin and destruction, which is, like, you're just, you hit rock bottom. But for most of us, man, we hang out in that middle ground quite a bit. We hang out in that middle ground. That's kind of where we come to our senses and make these, these conclusions. Now, some of us have maybe been in that place where you're in a place of destruction, and, and, and your story is, like, you have zero, and you start coming at it from there. For most of us in Ventura and our kind of socioeconomic state, we're kind of in that middle ground where we hang out. And Abraham comes back to this place as a restart. So he goes back to where he began, where he first built the author, back, back between beth and i where his tent had been early and where he had first built an author. There, Abram called on the name of the Lord. And there's this little period between Egypt and even when he gets back there that I was just really musing on this week. Like, man, it would have seemed he would have ran right to the altar, but he had this period of time where he's picking up his tent, he's moving, he's moving, he's moving, and it finally dawns on him, or reluctantly, or he gives in, like, i got to get back to that place where I knew God was with me. I have to go back to that place God called me first, because I knew something then, and I've maybe forgotten it now. And I don't know what that is for you and I. I think those are those are interesting questions to ask if you think about your life and maybe you, there's a, you're experiencing some bit of restlessness with your own condition, and you feel like man, I'm just picking up my tent and I'm moving around. I have all this stuff now, but I still feel a little bit restless. Go back and man, was there a time in your life you felt God speak to you and issue some kind of calling? Say, hey, listen, I've got some, God's like I've got something for you, Abraham. It's gonna be awesome. And we kind of get on these roundabout ways, even kind of see the map. He just kind of wanders around a little bit. And I, and I think about my own life, and we're not great at building altars, altars and, 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 and stones and commemorating these moments, right? We kind of have these moments, and then we kind of move on. And in, in the history of the, Israel's history, they, it was very important for them. We have to build something, or else we're probably going to forget. I need something physical to remind me. And so Abraham has this place of calling that he begins to go back to. And I think for you and I, and I, I know for me, as I thought about this this week, little whispers I've heard from God over the years that some I've jumped on, like maybe you get those movements, maybe in your worship or your quiet time, or you're just out with other people and like, oh my gosh, it's so clear. And then like for a day you do it and then it kind of like tapers off, right? Sort of like our New Year's resolutions. Maybe, maybe that's for you spending t- more time with your kids. Like, man, it's got to be more intentional with my kids. Maybe it's loving your spouse more, more intentionally. Maybe it's being more generous with your time or resource. Or God spoke to you just to be more selective with your media consumption. Like, oh yeah, I got to cut that stuff out. Then all of a sudden you're right back into it. Maybe it's serving a church or getting involved with caring for the poor or the widows, orphans. Wherever that's supposed to be for you. I believe you probably heard a whisper at some point that called you into something. But man, it's so easy to get off course. It's so easy to get off course. So Abraham gets back to this altar. And the altar in the ancient world um, was really used by everybody. So it wasn't just what would be Israel or sort of the Christian nation. Uh, it was everyone. They, they used different altars for different things. And, and the altar was a place of approach. Now, eventually it would become a place of sacrifice where there was letting out of blood and repentance for sins. That wasn't exactly what had been set up here yet with Abraham. Remember, he's the first guy. He doesn't even have the Ten Commandments. Like, he doesn't know anything. He's just coming. He's coming into this thing blind. He hasn't read the Bible. He doesn't know who Jesus is going to be. There's no Moses. It's just Abraham. And so he sets up these altars, but the altar for him in his, in his worldview, in his context, they were a place, a place of approach. It was a place to call upon the name of the Lord, call upon the name of God, and remember those glorious promises. This was his altar, place of approach of God to remember, to call on the name of the Lord and remember his promises. So Abraham finds himself back here. And the writer of this likely Moses in, in, in Exodus 20 talks about the altars that, had, that they were setting up. And I, I actually found this fascinating, and I hadn't really studied this before, but it's Exodus 20, uh, which is a chapter of the Ten Commandments. It's massive, like, central to the, to the story of the church and certainly the Old Testament. He gives the Ten Commandments, and in verse 24 of Exodus 20, he says this, Make an altar, talking about altars and sacrifice, Make an altar of earth for me and sacrifice on it your birth offerings and fellowship offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. So this is beginning to introduce this, this substitutionary work, the sacrificial system on the altar. Wherever I, ca- wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. He says, do this thing, call on my name, I'm going to be with you. If you come to me, I- I'm there. If you make an altar out of stones for me, so he's talking about now about this stones altar, which would what Abraham would have built. If you make an altar for me out of stones, do not build it with dress stones, for you will defile it if you use a tool on it. And what they're talking about here in, in the commandments, when you build these altars, these commemorative altars to approach me, it's like, just find some stones from the fields. He so said, I don't want you to cut them. I don't want you to put a tool on them. I don't want you to dress them up. I don't want any ornaments. I don't want any gold. I don't want there to be stairs. I just want a basic, simple altar, and you can approach me with that. I mean, that is a beautiful little nugget. I think here, kind of deep in this story, that we do not need to dress up our approach to God, but just bring your honest self. And this is Abraham's coming back to this place again. I can throw that little thing of the stones, right? Just this modest pile of stones that he put up between these two cities, that he can approach God. What we'll believe is is out of a real place of honesty. Abraham's in a very honest place at this point because he has been wandering. He's done some things he's not proud of and he's back to God. And this commandment that Moses lays out is very cool because we tend to get, jump into Solomon, built these temples and things got very elaborate at some point in the history of Israel, right? It was gold and trees of Lebanon and, and there's a time for that. But the heart of it here, he says, I don't want any of that stuff. I want you to go to the field, you stack up some stones, just enough so you can find it again and remember me. I want you to come to you with just with yourself. Just with your honest self. Man, is this a good, I think, encouraging word for you and I as we approach this altar of approach of God, whether that's worship, and I think sometimes that's, that's here, sometimes it's in your, in your own time, it's with other people, it's when you're in your car, in the water. How do you approach God? This honest approach of God is do not dress it up. God said do not even defile it by trying to make it fancy. If you try to fancy up that altar, you're going to ruin the whole thing. Said, Don't touch it get the stones out of the earth, put them in a pile. That will work. Man, that's beautiful. And so Abraham came back to that place. Abraham comes back to that place and God begins to sort of rework in his heart and give him his next, next assignment. And God is faithful. We'll look at this over his story and the story of, of the Bible. God is faithful even when his chosen ones fail. He's always faithful. And Abraham is, is is far from perfect. And this is our founding father of our faith. And I take a lot of comfort in that. And he's encouraged the writers are encouraging people later on, like, hey, I know things can get hard, but look at this guy. Even this guy can do it. Even this guy. I was talking with someone at, at Made West the other night uh, where I work and it's, uh, it's interesting there over the course of a, over a year now, just the people you get to know in one place and sort of the bartender role. And some people have that in different roles, whether you're, you know, maybe a hairdresser or service industry, you get to know customers. And and a lot of these guys, you know, we've come, it's almost like we're friends. We only see each other there, but we know quite a bit about one another. And at some point people find out that I'm a pastor and it throws them off at first and they eventually sort of open up and they, they use that as free counseling. So people now will come in and they will begin... I mean, they share stuff with me that I'm like, wow, like, this is heavy, heavy stuff. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. And we, we hear these different conversations. And a guy was in this week, or I think maybe last week, and uh, he was talking about his relationship. I know, he's been in this, I, know, I know he's been in this relationship for a while. I know the whole thing, you know. And he's, he's like, man, this is getting really hard right now. They've been dating for a number of years. And he's just talking about this tension that he's having. Because he's like, he's like, you're married, right? I'm like, yeah. And, uh, and he's like, well, so have you ever had this? And he starts telling me, like, he's like, man, I just... It's like we're both working, and I and I feel like I'm working these these certain hours, and she works hours, and I come home, and and she wants to do something. And it's like I'm just tired, like I just don't want to do anything. I just don't feel like going out. I don't feel like doing anything at the house. Like I say, I don't even feel like talking. And like, and he's like, and he's like, it's getting difficult. so I'll come back now, and I and I and I'm just worn out. and Now she's kind of accusing me of of being lazy when she wants to go out and do stuff. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, do you ever have that 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 kind of stuff, you know, in your life? And I'm like my wife accusing me of being lazy when I'm just tired? Every day? (laughs) Like, that's what we do. You're on the right track, man. Like, that's what happens. We work these things out and we we have to start to talk about that. But I have a platform in his life because I know exactly what he's talking about. Not because, oh, it never happens to me. I don't, I don't, I can't relate because, yeah, I absolutely can relate. Now, I've been doing it a, a number of years and I, and I think I have some things to say about it after X amount of years of, you know, fighting with my wife. But, you know, but, but it's, it's like, yeah, we can talk about these things together. And the story of God is as we go back to Abraham for the, for the, for the probably closer to the original time of writing, for the people coming out of Egypt and then in, into the New Testament age, there's some comfort in these guys. Like, man, these guys were just slugging it out trying to figure things out themselves as, as they're trying to figure things out in their time, as we're trying to figure things out in our time. And it brings some comfort. Hey, God was for Abraham. He got through all this stuff, he got through all this stuff. And following God, and this is just, just good encouragement, right? Following God has never been about being perfect, but rather being willing. It's not about being perfect. That's, that never comes up. There's, sure, There's ways we should behave and there's commandments for us. It's not about being perfect. It's about being willing. And it's about coming to that altar in a very honest place. And so we'll continue to follow this story. I just want to encourage you with that. Because maybe you're wandering around a little bit and you continue to wander and you're moving your tent, you're picking it up, you think this is going to be the right place, this will make me feel better. I'm like, no, nah, that's not right and i got to pick it up again, I'm going to go put it over here, maybe this will make me feel better. Maybe you're amassing you know, livestock and riches and wealth and wives and it's just not working for you. And I would just think, encourage you, like, if you're feeling a little lost, what was the last time you really felt alive? What was the last sign you remember seeing that said, go that way? Go that way. And when I ran into that woman on the trail, what was really great for her and for me, when she said she felt lost, I said, I know exactly what you're going through. I've been up that trail before. It feels like you're lost. It feels like you're lost. I mean, that's a beautiful thing about honest community, the narrative of Scripture. We can be honest with one another in being lost. And there's probably someone here said, oh, my gosh, I totally felt lost there, too. It's just a little bit further down the road. So go back to those places you remember, a calling, a voice, a whisper, a sign, and if you have to go all the way back down to the beginning, so be it. Abraham had to go all the way back around, all this stuff, back to that first one he built. It's like, where was that thing again that I built? Gosh, dang it. And, you know, he had to go out in the middle of his, these two cities. Ah, and he approaches God. The altar was a place of approach. So I'm going to pray. We're going to close out in a song. and um, Yeah, we'll just close out this afternoon. God, thanks for your work in us, through us, with us, around us, God. But I pray for... Um, Oh, Lord, so many things, Lord, just the way we approach the altar. Forgive us for trying to dress it up, Lord, dress ourselves up. Remind us to come to it out of a place of humility, an honest places, God. God. For anyone here, just needs to re- be refreshed of where they're going. Maybe they feel lost, like, I don't even know where the sign was. I don't know where I built the altar. I think it's lost somewhere. Or speak to those, those Lord. Remind them of that whisper, that calling, that direction you set them on once upon a time. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to neuechurch.com. Again, that website address is neuechurch.com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.